0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: And it wasn't really kind of the subject matter that was interesting me. It was the rabbit hole of the subject that really interested me. I think it's the same with a lot of the ones I, I read. I love the intrigue of of real life and how that can go from here to there to that, to wow, how the hell did that happen? That fascinates me.
1: Hello, and welcome to the podcast Cast Away. A podcast about podcasts. across cross between a goggle box and desert island discs of podcasts. I'm Laura Whitmore broadcaster, performer, chancer, and podcast lover. I've been on a mission to get my next fix of podcast recommendations. Every week, I'll be talking about all things podcasts with people who love podcasts, many of whom have podcasts themselves. Many times can I say podcast in one sentence? Reckon a few more. So whether you're looking for podcasts about mental health or comedy, love, crime, or your next fictional series to binge listen to, my guests have got you covered. You may also be surprised by what some folk are listening to. And from that, a springboard into some really interesting discussions. Welcome to Castaway. Hello. So, this week is a little bit of a change on Castaway. This is the first person on the podcast who doesn't actually have their own podcast Though, by the end of our chat, I think he probably will bring one out. Three decades of trailblazing photography under his belt, Rankin loves storytelling. I mean, he is a storyteller. He has photographed everyone, all the greats from David Bowie to Kate Moss and the Queen, like the actual Queen. He's the founder of Dazed and Confused with Jefferson Hack. He has shot for GQ, for Vogue. He started Hunger Magazine and launched Rankin Film. This guy... Is iconic. I remember years ago, um, the first time I ever did anything with Rankin, I was petrified. And I remember walking into a studio with so many people kind of all running around before Rankin entered the room. And he has this hugely powerful presence the minute he walks in where everyone, everyone's quiet. You don't mess with his set. Uh, and then afterwards, I remember chatting to him and kind of seeing this other side to the great photographer. He, he loves nothing more than walking his dogs, listening to podcasts or audio books. And he loves storytelling. He's super down to earth. He's driven by real life drama and the curiosity of the human spirit. This week on Castaway, it's Rankin. Rankin, welcome to Castaway. Hello. Um, I'm sitting here in your studio in Kentish Town in North London on this. I don't know if you can hear it, a very squeaky white leather sofa. Oh, excuse me. It's a
2: bit (laughs) (laughs) Scarface.
1: There's also, it is around halloween time but um there is a skeleton here is that always here
2: yes okay Sorry. yeah no i love i collect well actually a lot of the stuff in this office people have given me but i bought one of those for my wife because she was studying nutrition and
1: there's a lot of skulls around as well
2: i love skulls i, I love skulls. skulls and i love gorillas
1: I, I i sense that as well we've got we got is that the sea no evil here no evil yes. yeah we've got the three Somebody um
2: gave me that as a present
1: so we've got, like, yeah, there's three astronauts, but they're actual little
2: They're monkey monkeys. astronauts, yeah.
1: I like it. It's, it's an eclectic monkey mix. Nuts. Monkey knots. Monkey knots, is that a thing?
2: Mm, we've just made it up.
1: Um, you Were you shooting this morning? Have I got you from a shoot? I was,
2: and I can't remember his name. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was going to say you probably can't talk he's about it you couldn't Italian if you wanted to he's an
2: actor and he's amazing and I can't just remember has his a name. really
1: forgettable name just
2: blanked it I'm terrible with names Al Pacino
1: names. yeah
2: <laughs> Al Pacino I'd have loved to have photographed Al Pacino this morning
1: um, we are in your your studio but this is also your home Yeah, you live upstairs and you probably have the dream in that you can wake up in the morning. Yes. You've got your lovely wife. You've got the dogs upstairs. Mm. You get an elevator straight down to work. There is there. Is yeah. that in there?
2: Yeah, you go through that door. It's very bold. <gasps> it's bond. like a magic door. And you go in and I'm in my elevator. I, my, I think my commute to work is about 30 seconds. So you can never say, sorry, guys, I'm late. The traffic was terrible. No, I can't. But weirdly, I leave everything to the last minute. <laughs> so I do w- walk in five to ten minutes late sometimes because I'm like, I can do this really quickly.
1: Is theres is there two rankings to the one that's upstairs and the one that's downstairs in the studio? Yeah, What happens in that lift? Is it like Very Superman much
2: or, so. or Batman? Yeah, no, it's funny because we were actually just talking about that. I'm having to kind of put my ranking, the public persona on, which is what a shoe is a lot of the time. And what's interesting about my job is people think it's really easy because like a lot of, people that are hopefully good at their jobs and hopefully i'm good at my job you do make it look easy and they don't you don't see the pressure of it or Mm -hmm. the tension or I just gloss over that. And, of course, then when I'm in my other job, which is kind of running the business, all of that comes out, and it and I've had to actually go to therapy to get that stuff under wraps. But, yeah, there's definitely two people. And then there's the third one upstairs who's very, very shy and very um, introverted. And that's the honest truth. I mean, it sounds bizarre, but... Um, I'm very kind of, I'm very private, hardly see very many people. I mean, I used to go out a lot and party a lot, but mm-hmm. um, I just don't do it anymore.
1: You just pop I would. You've got everything that you need here. Never yeah. leave, it's never leave this road.
2: It's a bubble. That's the only thing you can get a little bit kind of, sort of believe your own hype a little bit. So I always try and do lots of things to kind of make me feel normal. And, you know, like I always walk dogs in the morning and because it can feel like, everything's catered to me and mm-hmm. about me but um but the but the work that i get extra the extra work i get done by not having to commute is amazing so yeah, i really love it my wife hates it she hate, she hated it at first she's all right about it now why does she hate it because it spills over your li your work spills over into your private life mm-hmm. quite a bit so um we've got sort of rules about people coming to the flat and that type of stuff. They yeah. have to stay downstairs. Yes. But yes, as I come down that lift, it's like,
1: da-da. Like Batman suit yeah. on. I think a lot of photo people... Photo man. <laughs> photo man. A lot of people will relate to that. I think uh, everyone has a work persona to yeah. some degree. And then that home life one. And I think sometimes it's almost to protect yourself as yeah. well.
2: Yeah, And I think it's not... It's, it's interesting because I do think about it quite a lot. Like how... What... Is that my character or is that... Like, for example, my wife hates me doing... Voices, and so when I'm on set, I do loads <laughs> of accents and voices, and I'm pretty stupid in what I think.
1: Are you good at accents? When you, uh, or do you think you are?
2: I think I'm good at them. I was going to say can, about doing the
1: Irish one. I can
2: do. I can't do. I can do Irish almost. Okay. but I'm not going to do it because no. that'd be embarrassing. But I, um, I can do Richard Burton. But then I sound like Tom Jones. <laughs> <laughs> So I pretend it's Tom Jones, but it's Richard. I'm trying to do Richard Burton.
1: Okay, so that happens downstairs. That's not allowed. Yeah, upstairs.
2: no, I, I'm not allowed to do it. She looks at me. She she gets uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> and downstairs, you're the boss, so nobody can no say one, anything. No you're like, oh, you're so good, Rankin. Your accent's
2: brilliant. <laughs> people people sometimes don't laugh, and it is a bit embarrassing. And I do do a, a good dad joke, but um, yeah, I'm not. It's never on tap. Whereas the photography is totally like. I can turn a switch and I become this kind of photographer. I'm almost the camera, which is weird. Yeah. And that's like something that um, it's it's it, it, it's exciting and it's really amazing to have that thing with people. But it's also, it's really weird because people do think, oh, that's not a job. It's just you having it's fun. Just click,
0: click,
1: there and, you go, it's and done.
2: I, I just, and I'm really quick as well. So yeah. they're like, wow, how did you do that? And yeah. I find myself going, yeah, I am, but it took me a lot of practice to of getting get, it wrong, get, and <laughs> you know, to get it, to get to this point.
1: A lot of people who I've had on cast away so far, actually everyone up to now has had their own podcast. You don't have a podcast, but you are a storyteller. Mm. Um, something that you said before uh, in an interview is the best photographers are those who hold up a mirror to society and you can do that with fashion and you use your photos to tell a story. And in a way that's what podcasts are. Yeah. We're just all, you know, enthralled by stories Have you always had that in you, that storytelling or capturing a moment? Um, Where does that come from? It came
2: very late for me. Um, I was really good at things like maths and physics at school. You studied accountancy? Yeah, I studied accountancy. So my parents were very working class and... We we didn't have that art and that kind of media thing in our family. I don't know if you had it, but I no. I, no my No, yeah. my,
1: my dad worked in finance. My mom's a civil servant. So I was like, I'm entering a competition to be an MTV presenter. And my dad was like, well, good luck with that.
2: Yeah. So my dad didn't talk to me for a year when I decided to really? to, to drop out. Yeah, he wouldn't talk to me. And
1: until you're like, I can buy you a house. <laughs> until
2: Well, until actually he came to my private view of my first year work and... He stood by my work for the whole evening and in the end he drove me back and he said, you're either going to be really successful or fail miserably. So he said, I think you've got a, a chance. And then. Um, That's the nicest thing you
1: can get from a yeah, parent. You've got was, a chance. It was it was, it yeah. was
2: kind of brilliant, actually. And um, he didn't, he kind of helped me financially from there on in, but he hadn't. Up to he'd literally drop. He said, "I'm not going to do anything for you for until you until you've decided to take a proper route, you know, proper get a proper job." But um, once he would kind of seen it and started believing in it, he was absolutely brilliant. He used to come to all of my exhibitions and he was like Des O'Connor I used to really yeah. laugh because he was like host yeah. you know like at my show hosting people around wearing his kind of pale blue suit and once he said to um, I did a show with David Bailey who's a big I'm a big he's a big hero of mine and I'm a massive fan and he walked up to him and said so is he any good you know is he is he any good uh, Bailey and um, Bailey went he's getting there <laughs> And for my dad, that was a massive, Mm -hmm. like, massive thing. So because of that, I think what my storytelling was was very pure. It was like I didn't have any kind of influence over me apart from what I'd seen. So I was a BBC2 baby, you know, like I'd sit and watch films when everybody was watching sport, I would be watching black and white films. So it was in me to do it, but it wasn't something that I, I realised I could do. And what was strange is when I went to college, and I remember the first day at the London College of Printing, they gave me this magazine as I walked into the, to the college called Succession. And, um, and I was like, what is this? And they were like, no, this is the college mag. And I said, well, you guys made this mag. And, and they were like, yeah. And I was like... I want to. I want a bit of that, and I started working for the student union, and um, pretty much straight away. And I, and I started doing the college mag, and that was why I started dazed, and the kind of rest became history for me. So
1: because you're when you're the man behind the camera a lot, <laughs> it can be quite scary to flip. And I yeah. know you've, you've you know you've done TV shows, you've been like on Next Top Model and kind of yeah. guest appearances on things. Is it strange when when you? You know, you're the person who captures a moment and then suddenly you're sitting here opposite me and I'm kind of Mm. asking you questions and I'm in control of the situation. How do you feel about that?
2: It's a really, it's a double-edged sword for me. I hate how uncomfortable it used to make me feel. Now I'm okay about it. But um, I feel like if you want your work to reach an audience and for people to want to see it, then if you don't do this bit of it, then people, you know, people... Mm. maybe listen to this that are your fans and then they'll go, oh, I'll check that out. And then to me, that means I'm reaching a wider audience. And a lot of my work, although I wouldn't call it art is about kind of, kind of creating imagery that is about changing, trying to change people's perspectives or making people laugh or making people think. Um, And that was something that I decided very early on to do. And I think I owe it to the work to promote it mm-hmm. as opposed to promoting myself if that makes yeah. sense so now i'm like sitting here with you i'm thinking god i could actually have a camera and be photographing you whilst interviewing <laughs> I mean, you I mean, that you. One,
1: that's like really deep isn't it through a rabbit hole whilst
2: interviewing I'm you while you're and replying. talking about <laughs> How you feel about being photographed, which would be quite interesting. I mean, I think. It's
1: uncomfortable not being interviewed while being photographed at the yeah. same time by
2: Rankin. It's but it's one of those funny things. Like I, I did this amazing documentary uh, recently. It was brilliant because the subject called "Nobody's Perfect," and I photographed all these people that hated having their photo taken for different reasons, and the the shift in them from you know not liking being photographed to being photographed and then feeling confident was Mm. one of the most incredible things to watch and that happens a few times you know in my career and and I think that when you can use something like that to make make people feel great about themselves that's so rewarding so doing an interview, because I kind of do it when I'm photographing, but I'm asking. Do so you're quite, a chassis you know, photographer. We're quite yeah. nosy yeah. as I think a lot of what, you know people that do these types of jobs that we do, and um, we're quite nosy and inquisitive and like people like I think if you if you don't like people, mm-hmm. I'm always freaked out when photographers are a bit grumpy and don't seem to like the person because i'm like well what's why are you doing it?" Yeah, I fall in love with a lot of the people I photograph, so for that moment, I'm like, "Oh my God, you're amazing." Yeah.
1: We're going to talk podcasts now. I think you can tell a lot about a person by what they listen to. And I'm always surprised um, by what people listen to. There's a lot of crime. There's a lot of scandal. There's a lot of real life. um, A lot of stories in there. I'll go first, actually, to the first podcast I want to talk about, Mm. which is The Last Days of August, Mm. which is brought to us by John Ronson, uh, the creator of Audible Original. And this is basically about a, a porn star August Ames, who died by suicide back in December 2017. I work a lot, so in my free time, I really just, I chill out. I have my two cats, Kush and Ninja. I shop at Target,
0: you know? like I, Who doesn't I'm shop like, at Target? Target's the best. Target. Target. <laughs> like, I'm normal, you know, with just like a, a little crazy job. <laughs> <laughs> I love your snort, by the way. I, <laughs> so speaking of your dorky, silly I mean, personality, we see that a lot of that... On your Twitter profile, which, by the way, for those listening, what, where can oh. we find you on Twitter? Oh, well, you can
1: find me on Twitter at <laughs> AugustAmesXXX. That's XXX.
0: We just spent a year making a podcast about the tech takeover of the porn industry. This was me and my producer, Lena. We'd found a porn world that seemed like a kind of family. People looked out for each other. We left in the summer of 2017 when our reporting was done. Six months later, something terrible happened.
1: I mean, it's dark. Mm. Do you, do you find your kind, even with what you read and what you listen to, is this the kind of things that you like to listen to in your dark t- in your dark time, in your, mm-hmm. in your downtime. In my downtime. In your dark downtime.
2: my, my dark downtime. No, um, podcasts are things that I have to be recommended. Um, and with John Ronson, I, I, I read this book, uh, audiobook mm-hmm. uh, that he'd written called You've Been Publicly Shamed. Mm-hmm. And it was possibly one of the best books on social media I'd read back when I read it. And um, and it just kind of made me want to read other things. And then I think somebody recommended The Last Days of August. And it wasn't really kind of the subject matter that was interested in me. It was the rabbit hole of the subject that really interested me. I think it's the same with a lot of the ones I, I read. I love the intrigue of of real life and how that can go from here to there to that to, wow, how the hell did that happen? That fascinates me. So um, with this one, I mean, it's really, it's such a strange... It sucks you in, doesn't it? It pulls you in so much because the intrigue and the way that John ronson does it it's so he's got so much empathy but then he's a little bit unempathetic mm-hmm. at the same time mm-hmm. so you really it's quite he almost has to p- p- uh, persuade himself yeah. to be empathetic yeah. because he's quite um it's like a, a problem that he's solving so he's literally like doing a rubik cube and, and not understanding it and then wanting to be empathetic but at the same time going but i need to understand what actually happened so i just loved it so much and and it's made me kind of want to go on and read more more by him but um and also the other thing is the last days of august comes from another thing he did called the butterfly effect yes and the butterfly effect if you're interested at all in the digitization of sort of society he does it through pornography and the the idea that a whole industry kind of probably the first industry that got influenced by digital, uh, apart from music, was turned upside down by one Swedish dude or Danish dude, I can't remember. And the way it happened and the way that that affected all of these people in this industry, it's nothing to do with porn at all, really. And and actually, The Last Days of August isn't really, either. it's about the humanity mm-hmm. of the people. In it. and I in And those two things are just so, they really pull you in. And so the last stage of August is kind of an extension of the butterfly effect. And the butterfly effect, again, it's like such an amazing piece. But they're so eloquent about what they're talking about. And you're just going, wow, that's not why I expected. Because honestly, I don't really watch porn. And I've never, so I'm not interested in who. Porn stars are, and I've never read Even it, the hierarchy watched, in you? there,
1: because yeah. I, I was like, a lot of the names, I was like, oh, and I actually became obsessed afterwards. I started Googling yeah. who they were. Yes, what did they look what like? Because like? there's one guy in it who's That's a massive so um, male porn star. Yeah. And in my head, I had this That's like so six foot like, you know, yeah. eight pack big guy. And then I Googled yeah. his picture, and he was actually quite a small guy.
2: That's so funny. I did exactly the same. I became obsessed I was like, with him. Who is them. that? And what do they look but like? They're huge and on the scene. Because they're chatting, and they're very kind of every day but so eloquent and hey hi john how are you like and you're just like wow that's what you do for Uh, a living and then when you get sort of deep into why they do it for a living it's some, some some of it's so sad so no i think it's a really um fantastic lens on something that i didn't Know about really, but also on the human, human. condition. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah uh, I love and, it. And even um, John himself, you can tell, like from the start, he doesn't really know how this is going to no, end. No, not at
0: all. Um,
1: and it's over quite a long time. And actually, on Russell Brand's podcast, um, John Ronson said that his ethical dilemmas and anxiety about making the show, he ended up having, uh, was diagnosed with a thing called situational depression. That makes sense.
0: Um, yeah, I used to have a. Pathological terror of if I if I was in America and I couldn't get my wife on the phone, um, I would immediately be, con- be convinced that she was dead, and I would experience all the emotions of you know grieving. <laughs> um, and uh, one time before cell phones, this is how long ago this was. I was oh, actually when I was writing them, and and I was in Washington D.C. to meet Big Jim Tucker, who was going to help me infiltrate the Bilderberg Group. I uh, couldn't get my wife on the phone. I was I was at this hotel in DC for one night and I phoned and phoned and phoned and I phoned like the police and I phoned the uh neighbours and the next morning when I checked out of the hotel my phone bill came to nine hundred dollars for, for one night of panic. That was the that was the numerical value of my anxiety that night was nine hundred dollars yeah. of panic. So when I to meet it'd have been people. cheaper for you to have Flew done back. loads of drugs <laughs> yeah or flown back yeah <laughs> I've got I've got I've got something to go around
2: the other thing is is, it, is that, that that John's kind of more he's not um I don't know John I don't I'm calling him John you um, feel like you know yeah, them though you know, cuz you've yeah, been like on this journey my with my mate him. John um John's uh, uh sorry John again uh, John's Ronson's approach to what he does is more of a kind of philosophical kind of pop ed you know it's much more he's not normally this crime Mm. reporter or journalist or he's not going on that's not his thing so he suddenly finds himself in the middle of this criminal investigation and he and he feels like it's totally been mishandled Mm -hmm. and he's you know, he, and he, he kind of, you can hear him breaking down with his producer whilst he's doing it. And, and in fact, when you're listening to his producer do some of the interviews, you're like, he couldn't do it. I don't think he could do that interview because he's too close to it. Yeah. And um, that's the interesting thing for me as well as him, his his perception of it all.
1: I mean, that's a great one. And thank you for the recommendation because I hadn't listened to that. And I um, I told you this already. I listened to the whole thing in one day. Well, <laughs>
2: listen to the butterfly effect yeah. as well, because it will blow your mind. Like and it's such a brilliant kind of petri dish kind of example of like what's happened to us all and i keep saying to people that you can't look at the world now with the lens of even three years ago because it's such a massive shift and this uh, butterfly effect really it, it describes exactly why that's happened
1: And the next podcast I want to talk about um is cereal, which actually is probably the most common that uh, recommendation. Yeah, it. yeah, but but it's it's, it's I'm everyone. just
2: very average. You're not
1: you. average. It's a reason. There's a reason why people are kind of going to it. Yeah. I'm also worried by how many of these you listen to. Do you ever listen to something like lighthearted and fun just to kind of break it up?
2: No, not really. I like, I think David Tennant's really Oh, we'll talk about him. Yeah. yeah, he's good and my mate uh, does a thing called high anxiety mm. who and he's probably the funniest person I know unfortunately i'm a radio for today program listener i read a lot of quite serious books and it doesn't make doesn't really sound like me but that's what i do because i like to be informed and actually i really love um what that brings up in me as a, as a, a creative person, it kind of gives me a lot of ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I get ideas. I never really get ideas from other photography. I get ideas or even art. I get ideas from politics or mm-hmm. philosophy or even theology or whatever. So that's where my inspiration in a way comes from. So when I do read something to escape, I don't go to comedy. I go to thrillers. I go to Michael Connolly or mm-hmm. I go to s uh, um, the Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Or, yeah. I know it's just proper... What about Ian Rankin? Pro- Do you
1: listen to the other no, Rankin? I don't. I <laughs> read the I other Rankin. I
2: don't know why I've tried him. There's so many good mm-hmm. uh, Scottish... Uh, thriller writers is i think it i can't remember what's called scott something what um, is it about the
1: scottish because yeah, a yeah scottish there's like a you. really
2: good irish one called adrian mckinty yeah who does a thing called the sean duffy series mm-hmm. it, which i would highly recommend it's about um an ruc uh, detective who's catholic in derry during the Troubles in the 80s and it is possibly one of the best things I've ever uh, read so it's absolutely brilliant so I'm into stuff like that comedy is something that I like my wife's really into watching comedy but I kind of tend to just try and be funny myself (laughs) I know
1: I don't want to see anyone funnier than me
2: amateur (laughs) comedians are the worst
0: comedians
1: (laughs) Um, with Serial, and I, I know I joke that, like, everyone picks it, but it was ranked number one in iTunes before it even debuted, and I think because it comes from This American Life, which, you know, has a long history, it's, like, a radio format, and then there's been spin-offs with S-Town, and, and, again... S-Town's it, funny. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, again, from the characters in it, it's the people mm. in it, it's, mm. um, I say characters, they're real people, mm. but, um... And sometimes, I know I said before, like I was Googling what people look like, but I have an image in my head. Sometimes I don't even want to Google what they look like because yeah. in my head with, with the voice and the sounds and the sounds in the background, and that's so important for, yeah. for the storytelling element of it.
0: This is a Global Tell Link prepaid call from...
3: Adnan Sayed,
0: An inmate at a Maryland correctional facility. From This American Life and WBEZ Chicago, it's Serial, one story told week by week. I'm Sarah Koenig. For the last year, I've spent every working day trying to figure out where a high school kid was for an hour after school one day in 1999. Or if you want to get technical about it, and apparently I do, where a high school kid was for 21 minutes after school one day in 1999. This search sometimes feels undignified on my part. I've had to ask about teenagers' sex lives, where, how often, with whom, about notes they passed in class, about their drug habits, their relationships with their parents. And I am not a detective or a private investigator. I'm not even a crime reporter. But yes, every day this year, I've tried to figure out the alibi of a 17-year-old boy.
2: Again, it's a deep dive. It's like it's,
1: it's real life. It's real life,
2: and you get really sucked into it.
1: But I listen to podcasts by myself mostly, unless yeah, if me I'm driving too. and someone else is in the car with me. And I remember when I listened to Serial, and actually S10 was the same. said I listened to some of it in the car. But I sometimes get a bit creeped out because especially if I'm at home by myself and I'm mm. going to bed, and I'm listening because I think when something is in your ears, it's it's in you. It's very yeah. close to rather than watching a TV show with a group of people. Yeah, and I kind of had to put it down for a little bit yeah it, I, I kind of made me feel not scared but you know when you kind of god humanity like people are terrible
2: yeah and it's fun that's a funny one because i i was i was actually reading the chris wiley book um this morning which is called mind f something something do you read K. before you go to work yeah absolutely and um And I was describing to my wife this morning who's kind of fascinated by all that stuff. And it's like, I just watched her eyes glaze over like after like three minutes. (laughs) And I'm like, ah, right, okay. And I'm fascinated by it. But yeah, yeah, I do get creeped out sometimes because I think, especially with the podcast, they are, they are real people. And you're just going, how is this happening? And then you're kind of looking around (laughs) at you. (laughs) You know, like walking to Kentish
1: Town High <laughs> Street,
2: going, mm. there's a few
1: dodgy people. The Chris here.
2: Wiley thing's mad, though. I, I, I really recommend people read that, book because it's called Mind F Dash Dash K, and um, he just really explains how. Um, data has been harvested mm-hmm. and it's it's not just scary it's the fact that it's been done it can, it's so easy do
1: you uh, get freaked out by how much people know of you like people know yeah, where you live because yes, it's dis- like yes. and how I mean, much like, you put up of your personal life online and i stuff. don't
2: any of my personal life online like i very rarely comment i I got caught very early on with twitter like drunk tweeting and um (laughs) there should
1: be some sort of like a breathalyzer to stop that (laughs) can you imagine you are too drunk your phone is turning off
2: to tweet then instagram came along and unfortunately like that is incredibly addictive because it's designed to be
1: You, you said um a quote in an interview instagram is the new cocaine
2: yeah, well, I think it is. Um, I think it's even probably worse than that because you don't – a lot of people don't realise uh, how addictive it is and how it's been designed to be addictive. And worse than anything, you know, they're they're kind of enjoying the, the, the hole that it takes them down, the black hole, the scroll hole, you mm-hmm. know. So um, – and I think it's not that – what it's doing to people, especially young people, I think – I don't think we've even kind of really scratched the surface of the, what that's going to become in the future. And it sounds like an old geezer going, oh, yeah, these Instagram kids like, you know, it's just Elvis's hips of today. But I don't actually think, again, I love Elvis's just,
1: hips of today. Yeah, it, the Brilliant. thing is, it's
2: just the flipping of the world. It's like we're not living in the same world that we were five years ago. And that. The implications of that are so massive to everybody, but we're still kind of talking about everything in the same way. And actually, I think that's why podcasts are so successful because there's a genuine th- truthfulness to actually doing an interview with someone that's not edited and it's just what they're saying. Mm. And I think we're so used to this dishonesty from everywhere, from our news. I mean, Fox News is like, it's just back to back seemingly li- lies, you know, so we've been invaded by this new way of of communicating, and I think people are going I can't stand it, so serial, real life, mm-hmm. things that actually happened how how crazy the world is, those become more interesting to us because we're we're suddenly kind of going, well, I want some I want reality, I want a bit of what's real and yes it might be heightened reality but it's reality
1: it's the same as like reading a good book and um you know i i interviewed um a great podcaster blind boy recently and he he, it's like almost meditation sometimes listen to a good Mm. podcast a good book because it takes you away you could have had a stressful day downstairs doing a shoot you come upstairs and you suddenly you're in this other world Yeah, you're not scrolling on instagram you're not you know you're you're focused on something else
2: yeah and i think the thing about phones is that they that if somebody had said to you five 10, well, ten years ago you're gonna have this thing in your pocket that follows you around, knows where you are, can give your information, who you like, what you like, what you're gonna buy, what you're gonna to eat to the government, we'd have all gone, <laughs> absolutely not. Not a chance. Whereas we pay for it now. Yeah. And and that, I think that's that in itself is kinda of nuts. So I can go for Jomo, the joy of missing out by reading or, you know, doing these things like podcasts mm-hmm. that make you just relax like it's meditation as you said but the the problem is is that at the same time you know you you can feel the pull of instagram mm-hmm. like it's like a thing that's like tugging it you towards it's a it. drug
1: surely as um as a photographer yeah how do you think it's going to affect say up and coming photographers because obviously it's, it's visual everyone is a photographer these days
2: I think it's not up-and-comers, it's, it's kind of killed photography in a way. It's, it's murdered it and and sort of thrown it out onto a a platter for everybody to, to eat. It's just hatcheted, like, everything, it's hacked it apart and it's mm-hmm. so easy to pick up a camera and a phone camera and take a picture with stuff that took me kind of 10 years to learn. Um, so I think the the art or the crafts, let's say, of photographies are going to going to become more, more and more important but less and less uh, easy to, to, to find or get. I do love the fact that it's meant that a lot of, let's say, kids that maybe couldn't have afforded it 15, 20 years ago um, can do it now and get into it and that's going to create some amazing young creatives. But um, I, I can't say that I'm into it you know there's good and bad but it's killed the art of it for the moment Mm -hmm. i don't know if that'll come back but then again on the other hand i think tiktok's really interesting because i'm seeing people being very creative on tiktok and i'm seeing that there's not a kind of uh over filtered over filtered veiled i mean i love a filter because i find them very funny but i always say to my wife i'm experimenting with the medium but she's like, you're just taking selfies. And do I'm you like, not think
1: that, like, in years to come, people will look back at their great grandparents and it'll be there at bunny ears what and a did nose? You do?
2: <laughs> Why did you do that? But it the thing is, is that that's another thing that like people think that what well, digital is forever, but it isn't. It's like websites from the nineties don't exist anymore. So so much of that content's getting lost because it's not imprinted yeah. material. You know, it's like it's gone and it'll never, you know, unless you screen grabbed it and download it, into it. A hard drive yeah. or it, and it, who who looks at those so there's a transient nature to it that mm. kind of scares me and that's the, that kind of fomo mentality of continuously scrolling and not really looking and I mean it's very obvious to say it but I do think that there's it's complicated
1: there's definitely a thirst for more unfiltered realness you can yeah, see this definitely. on instagram like the pictures that are on instagram now would never have made it onto instagram when instagram was first launched yeah because people you can put up a raw picture of you looking shit and but have you
2: fa- ever facetuned tell the truth i
1: don't have facetune but i've 100% have you filtered i have inst- i've filtered oh god yes i filtered have you
2: changed your face
1: I haven't changed my face but i know what i have done because um, I keep it within the realms of what's on Instagram. Because uh-huh. in my head, I think if there's the a okay. tool on Instagram, it's, I mean, it's clearly not. I've definitely like up the saturation. <laughs> trust
2: Instagram. I mean, that's do you know what the, I mean? Let's, let's all trust in Mark Zuckerberg. I've, um, the, I know. What could go wrong? The, what could, what what could, could possibly happen? Do?
1: I mean, they're listening to this now. We don't even need to record it. It's been recorded on my phone, probably somewhere. <laughs> um, he's heard his name. Um, but yeah, I've definitely, I remember one's going, oh, I look a bit pale there. I'm just going to up the saturation. There you yeah. go. I've got a tan. Boom. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> Have you questioned yourself as a photographer? Because obviously you train with Photoshop yeah. and, and, and airbrushing, which has yeah. always been around. Maybe, and now there's kind of a call out for less of that. Yeah. Have you kind of questioned what you've done before and what you're doing now?
2: Yeah, good I mean, that's a great question because I've always questioned it. So Have right you? from the beginning, I was questioning it, but it didn't mean that I didn't get kind of seduced into using it. Mm-hmm. And I definitely did. But I think what was interesting is a lot of people in my industry were criticized heavily criticized and very much in the press you know it was front page news uh, airbrushing and photoshopping and now what's mad for me is like you can be 10 years old and do it yourself and you can Mm. do absolutely Mm
1: -hmm.
2: change everything you know you can change your body shape you can change every Mm -hmm. single thing and very no one seems to be talking about it and i'm I'm like, oh, they're just assuming they're all just going to work it but out I was gonna, for themselves. Is, is there an assumption worry, there? They're yeah. going to be the kids. They'll, they'll work it out. And I'm like, well, yeah, okay. Um, we'll see how that works out. I don't think it's going to work out that well. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of looking at more um, from a kind of eagle eye perspective and trying to work out where my head's at with it because I don't want to be the, the sort of, the doomsday kind of like dude because again you know when you get to my age also i'm i'm male i'm pale i'm stale (laughs) you know like i'm fitting into this thing which is we're we're a demographic right as opposed to the kind of people that run the world Mm -hmm. now which is great it's really good but you don't want to be the person kind of telling everybody else What what they should do so i'm trying to be a bit more level-headed i don't want to be sort of too negative because i do think that there will be a flip and i i do see that with loads of kids and i, I like tiktok because you don't it's not who you follow it's like mm-hmm. the algorithm's all based on what you might be interested in and
1: and it's the comments thing as well because i oh think the yeah. comments thing what I you can that. get but like you'd be really careful with certain um outlets online with yeah, Twitter. I think Twitter. Can, Twitter has been very. Twitter has kind of turned. It was. It was the. It was basically. The- one of the first platforms that everyone kind of got on bar like Facebook and stuff but like I think Twitter was the first time where there was that kind of trolling kind of element and people saying really nasty things so with something like TikTok even Instagram without the comments you're kind of going back to just the visuals Mm. as opposed to this kind of negative constant hate from angry people
2: yeah and I think it's also the likes because I think that kind of heart that that little heart they or the thumbs up Mm. when they invented that that's the thing that's really messed a lot of people up because is, i mean i've met people with really serious dysmorphia because of those things you know so yeah. I, I i don't again i don't i i find it really hard to be totally judgmental because i don't think i'm the right i'm not the audience and i'm it's like the thing that i love has been taken over and selfied by you know one of the one of the kardashians and I can't help myself but be a a bit annoyed about that Mm -hmm. and kind of go... But at the same time, I do think it's a dip Mm -hmm. in a road that hopefully will turn into something really great.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, We've talked there about a few podcasts already. I feel like a lot of what we're doing is... um, it's quite dark. We're talking
2: about culture. No
1: culture. No, but, but this is the whole point of why I, the reason I listen to so many podcasts. A, I kind of feel like it makes me smarter. I know. <laughs> I have. I you're have, smart. No, but I get these facts that I don't know where I picked them up from. But you're I was like, oh, so I heard that. Smart. I mean, tell my mother that. Um, I'm but- sure your
2: mum knows. <laughs> you're, you're like, I mean, I I I always think that like what I love about people like you is that you're exactly the same. When you're on TV is when you're not on TV or when you're, and that, I think that's a really good sign of, you know, you've met those people that are like, mm-hmm. and then they're, the the mic goes off or the red light goes off and they're totally different. Mm-hmm. And you're like, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's a proper skill.
1: Yeah. Unless when you're upstairs in your home with the dogs okay. and then that's your home life. That's
2: okay because I think, I think it's, I think also, again, it's back to Jomo Fomo. Like, when you live that life, where you're in front of a camera or even when you're behind a camera it's like you have to there's a performance nature to it mm. um which people that if they don't do it they don't really understand
1: i want to talk about talk
2: about podcasts
1: podcasts <laughs> uh, so it's, all, it's all linked um and i'm gonna pick this one because this is this is almost think, a little bit lighter Great. um which is david tennant and I'm I'm a huge David Tennant fan. As the actor, Buddy. Faith, my producer knows this because am I guilty? Not, not no. I'm guilty. not going to say guilty pleasure. I'm going to say my pleasure is David Tennant.
2: <laughs> you you got a soft
1: But Scottish, you see. Oh, um, right. so I when can I do heard Scottish, you can do well. You got the Scottish blood in you.
2: I got Scottish down. I won't do it then.
1: <laughs> but David Tennant, I mean, his voice itself—having yeah. a good voice—is important with the podcast. He's an
2: amazing actor.
1: But an amazing interviewer.
2: Yeah, he's a brilliant actor. I was shocked because I was a bit cynical about his podcast. Yeah, but someone, I think someone recommended it to me, and I'm listening to the first one, which was uh, James Corden. That was great. And I and I've and I've worked with James a couple of times, and James is a da da person, and he really is. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's so funny and so on, um, and he got him. To really open up, and I was really impressed. I don't know, really. I mean, for me personally, I sort of still
3: see it all as a performance, right? Like I don't. So how much of the how
2: much of the hosting the late late show is it, it, how much of that is you, and how much of that is a piece of acting?
3: Well, it's still the the close. I, I, I would hope it's a a close strain to yes. me. Like I would hope that I'm someone that that kind of. Looks for the joy in in things and stuff. You're not ever really being yourself. Like often, I'm I'm kind of quite quiet, really. If I'm not performing in any way, I, I guess I still see it as like a a piece of theatre in a way. Right. It's just I'm just playing this character that's called me and looks really like me. Yeah, and he's gonna walk out of a curtain and I'm going to tell some jokes about Trump and then we're going to do a sketch or a bit or a thing or a song or whatever it is. And then yeah. I'm going to chat to some people and it's, it's uh but I don't know if it's more understood because I was incredibly reticent about doing it. I felt very, very reticent about doing it because I love acting so much. Right. And I was like, will this,
2: will this absolutely destroy it? James is quite good at not opening up and sort of sidewinding um, and he's great at it because yeah. he's a good interviewer himself. So he, he can
1: turn it back, yes. doesn't he? He That's can start he asking does. questions. He even does it with David at the beginning because I think he it's. He does
2: try to, yeah. yeah he he does of, it in his office, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, so it's in
1: his space. Yeah. And I think, obviously, David Tennant is friends with all these people. Yep, so we have someone like Olivia Coleman, Ruby Goldberg, and the Olivia Michael one Sheen.
2: Is- Beyond amazing, and I loved her before. But after listening to that podcast, I was like, literally, you are the best person in the world, and I just wanted to be her best friend.
1: Yeah, and I, I feel from listening to the podcast that you kind of you can tell he's a lovely guy. Mm. Um, but it's that I I know from years of interviewing he's people, he's nosy. He's nosy, but he doesn't say a lot. No, he just says something, That's and the then best. and then that sits back. That, and lets them talk.
2: That's the best interviewer, isn't it, no, though? That, like that's the that's the really smart interview. The Nick Broomfields mm-hmm. of the world who just go ask the poignant question or the poignant question and then let it go. Yeah. I I can't do that.
1: He does a lot of mm. 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 I get
2: told not, when I do documentaries they tell me not to do that. I go, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And they
2: say, don't, hmm
1: Not when you're it, being asked the question. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: I'm like, it's fine if you're the no, one who's no, asking No, no, no,
2: when I'm doing documentary, oh, about other people. Oh, when you're asking people. Okay. Yeah, they're saying, stop, they, stop with the mm
1: You just have to do a nod, but you yeah. can't get, can't. Do you know what I'm
2: terrible about? Is the voiceovers. Oh, my God. I'm Why? so bad. Because, you know, when you have to narrate it, I just um. can't.
1: Do you not in your head kind of imagine yourself as David Attenborough?
2: No, I imagine myself as a really bad ranking, <laughs> <laughs> like a really awful ranking. Like, and 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 then people have come up to me and said, "Who directed that voiceover you did on that documentary? Because it was terrible." And what's you really, me. what's really funny is like now I've done a few. Like, I, I sometimes will do stuff at work here for a, for a, an ad or something, or for you know for a little film we've done, and I'll 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 be like get the we'll get the mics out and i'll do it and i'll go oh, God, i've knocked it out part there and i'll listen back and go you sound absolutely
1: terrible. do you think say what podcast how important it is the voice and the sound so i talked about the um asmr uh before on this Does stephen fry
2: do a podcast
1: i mean he's been on a lot of podcasts he We've should talked do about a
2: podcast because his voice is have you ever listened to um harry potter yeah I mean, the audio book of Harry Potter is the Stephen best yeah. audio book because of Stephen Fry. Mm-hmm. When he does Dobby, I'm like, how do you do? How do you go from Harry to Hermione to to Dobby? It's brilliant. Um,
1: finally, just I want to talk you a little bit about... You should do him. I should do,
2: yeah. Well, yeah. He's, he's
1: tweeted about the podcast. Has he? Yeah, because we mentioned Look him.
2: Look at you, Lord. I
1: know, we are honest.
2: I got a tweet from him the other day as well. I love- <laughs> what, I what, lit-
1: what did he say to you?
2: Uh, I did a shoot with uh, um, an intersex uh, person called River Gallo Mm -hmm. and uh, he was like, yeah, and I was like, wow. I literally said, I did an exploding emoji of my head going, (laughs) I've been mentioned by Stephen Fry. I'm
1: sure you've shot Stephen Fry. No, No. i met him
2: really briefly at um, a a book launch and I was like, yeah, hi, and just no interest at all. (laughs) Like, who, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which and is then, cool. And then and you're like, but
1: someone's, uh, someone said that hey, you wanted me to shoot you? Is this yeah, like... Yeah,
2: right. Well, or they when they call me Ian. And I'm like, no, uh, no. no. How often imagine, does that happen? Do you, I mean, quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> when, yeah, when I go, um, no, yeah. What do you think I do? Like take photos in the day and then <laughs> like, At night, I go, and, I go and write crime novels. I mean, I wish I could do that.
1: Um, finally, because I feel like this is very of the elk of what you listen to, slow burn
2: yeah slow Man would be my absolute number one recommend um only because I think what they do is a deep dive into a political. Scenario: uh, One's the Watergate scandal, mm. and one's the Bill Clinton impeachment scandal with Monica Lewinsky. And what's fantastic is to listen to those two podcasts right now when impeachment is going on in America. Um, I listened to it before, um, and I was and I was just so amazed and kind of freaked out and excited to hear the whole deep. Story of how Nixon, mm-hmm. the whole Watergate thing happened, all the ups and downs of it, and at the same with the Clinton one. So they're fantastic because you kind of you you get this perspective on what how American politics work and how these types of uh, things happen. So, brilliant.
1: And the people that they talked to, I know in se- season two, which is the Bill Clinton, yeah. Monica Lewinsky scandal, and I, I kind of remember even, like I was much younger when that happened, but I remember it was such a huge thing. Yeah. But even as a kid, being like, "What? what is this? I have was not the-
2: had sexual relationships <laughs> with that woman. And
1: basically? I'm
2: like, that woman, she was a child know, almost. was 23
1: or she something She was tw- 21, 22, 22 or
2: something. I think. Yeah, she was. And also just the way they set Monica Lewinsky up mm-hmm. and and now obviously she's been she's kind of coming out as this kind of feminist superhero which is absolutely she was right. the first
1: person to ever be like trolled online yeah, that, I mean, I mean, yeah it makes sense
2: first. and um
1: yeah I just think it's
2: a really it's a fantastic listen and you really learn a lot about the both of the scandals and you there's so many things they 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 kind of go into you just had no clue and they do it as if it's happening
1: now
2: now and that's the best bit of it because you I mean there's
1: worse things happening now but yeah little,
2: but the way the they time. do it is like we've just gone back and we've gone through this and we've really tried to put it in context and they do that so brilliantly and series and like,
1: threes i know i haven't listened oh really? to it and it's um tupac and oh, um, biggie wow.
2: I've been mean, I just goosebumps. Like, <laughs> so
1: you're like, I have to go now and know, listen to this I'm podcast. Like, just, I think I'm really, like, just I'm that really fascinated by that
2: whole story, anyway. Yeah, because that's again, it's another like, what, what happened? Mm-hmm. How did that all play out? So, no, it'll be brilliant.
1: So, we've talked there about podcasts, and you, as we're doing this, you're like, oh god, maybe I should do a podcast. If you were to do a podcast, Rankin,
2: who would be my person.
1: Who would you have on it, and like, what would be your what would it be around the visual or the photographic side of things, the storytelling? What would you, what would you like uh, to do a podcast about? Who oh, do you want to interview?
2: wow. That's so big a question. I think um, I'm, I'm lucky because I've got a magazine, so we theme every issue. Mm-hmm. And now um, we're moving into the next issue, which we're going to base on the future. And uh, I'm going to sound really politically correct now, but I'm really interested in how the future and sustainability sit next to each other. How practically can we, you know, change the world through the decisions we're making? So that'll, that I would imagine I would do something like that. So I'm really serious. Yeah. Really quite Except Sorry. when you're
1: doing the voices. Yeah. <laughs> you could do each well, different I would episode in a thing
2: different accent. I, I would probably get someone else to do the, 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 the kind of the intellectual legwork because I'm not, you know, I'm fascinated by it, but I'm not an expert in mm-hmm. it. And what I've learned is to always get experts to do the bits that are for experts. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, I'd love to interview Chris Wiley, but I just don't think I'm knowledgeable enough about that and he's be eloquent. But
1: then I think there's something in that too because if like say Stacey Dooley yeah. and she does a documentary she yeah. kind of puts it in a very she makes relatable, it relatable relatable yeah, yeah. and sometimes and I find this with politics as well and I do a radio show and I remember having um, a comedian on we do like a news bit at the top yeah. and um, he was kind of saying oh I don't listen to the news it's not really for me or I don't politics isn't really for me because it's kind of them and us uh, and it's by people made for a certain group of people. It makes absolutely so when,
2: no sense to me at all. It does make sense.
1: But uh-huh. but I, I sometimes think when you podcast, I like sometimes because it kind of brings it back to the everyman. Yeah. And I, I sometimes like someone interviewing someone who doesn't know too much about yeah. what it is because they'll ask the questions that maybe everyone else will ask. Yeah,
2: I think that's the kind of thing I would probably... Because yeah. that's what interests me. So, you know, what what do people think about this and what do you think is going to happen? How is this, how's this going to affect us all? how can you
1: are you scared are you scared about about the planet and and changing your lifestyle how what have you made changes in your life yeah
2: definitely i mean i've also kind of you know started to think what can i how can i help magnify or or Mm -hmm. amplify the messages that they're somebody said something really clever to me the other day they said if you've got a platform you should pass the mic And I was like, that's such a Mm. great expression. Mm. So I think that's my thing is I like passing the mic and right from the beginning of setting up Dazed um, till now, my whole thing is always getting people, giving people a platform to have their voice because their voices are much more interesting than me on my own spouting, like kind of sort of semi... uh, Intellectual kind of r- half read kind of theories, but if I did a podcast, I would be half stupid and <laughs> half serious.
1: Who would you like to interview who you um, haven't had in the magazine or someone that you
2: haven't? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, Obama, but I mean, just because hey, it's a good person, <laughs> I mean, that. um, I mean, he's fascinating to yeah. me um I would actually really weird I people always go would you photograph Trump and I'm like absolutely I would definitely photograph Trump but it would be fascinating what's really fascinating about what we do and especially like serious journalists is you've got this kind of first hand view on on what's going on in the world and it's such a privilege and i never forget what a privilege it is do
1: you see vulnerabilities when you have a camera at someone because i think on set no matter who you are yeah when you've got the camera and you're taking a picture of them you must see like the most powerful confident people that you interview that there is that rawness to them oh
2: absolutely yeah you you really do you really see vulnerability because Mm. the camera it, it 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 actually literally magnifies the what's going on but it also metaphorically magnifies it as well. So you really feel what's going on. And I've and I have to say when people kind of want me to be really um sleazy and tell stories about people, I'm like, can't really I can give you a few stories, but really it's not called cool to do that because
1: that's you know, who's been
2: difficult or who's been this or who I'm like, you know, I've had loads of people be difficult or cry or get upset, and 99.9% of the time it's been what's been going on in their life and nothing to do with me or my camera. And I used to have this theory that, especially in Britain. You know, if you walk past a famous person in the street, you'll always, most of us will always go, oh, they looked at me funny. Because you just want a story. Mm. So oh, they didn't even look didn't at notice. you. They didn't notice you. They didn't see who you were. But it gives you something to say yeah. to people like, oh, that person was really grumpy or, you know, and everyone wants to hear that stuff. So mm-hmm. I try and we all buy it. We all go heat sometimes don't we all like everyone likes a bit drop, of a gossip we all drop into the gossip a little bit sometimes and i am very bad at it but because a lot of very damaged people that are famous and um they find it difficult you know and also a lot of actors really don't want to be themselves you know so when they're themselves they really want you to give them a character and mm-hmm. they hate this kind of who am i what am i here where am i coming from what and um, somebody said to me the other day, you see the child in them, don't you? And you go, yeah, you do. Because that's all, the only excuse you can give it is that something's happened to them in their in their past or history. So without giving anything away, I've given everything away. No, I'm like, this, you, you haven't named any names. No, there's no names to name because it's it's like, you know, people go, Who is, who's the one you wouldn't photograph? I'm like Vinnie Jones because he was just rude to me. Not for any other reason, because he was just rude. You know, it's, it's and, then his, and then his wife died the other day and I was like devastated for yeah. the dude, you know. I'm like, I can't believe I've been going around I'm saying Vinnie people. Jones yeah. was rude to me. It's like, I don't know what's going on in the guy's life. And that's the thing. What was the queen like? You don't, no one knows what the queen is like mm-hmm. because the queen has to like not tell anyone what's going on in her life. And it's like, imagine living your life like that. No. Having to be, have, have those shutters up all the time, you know, like anybody that's that super uber famous that's how it plays out for them and i kind of f- very happy like people oh you know would you like to be famous or how do you feel being famous i'm not like, i'm not famous i've seen fame and i'm very happy to leave it with the people that have got it because it's not nice it's mm-hmm. not a good place to be i in my opinion i don't care how much money you get it, it's not worth it
1: rankin thank you very much my pleasure that's it another episode down as we delve deep into my guest's audio world i hope you get cast away by today's top podcast picks yeah i just said that sorry all of the podcasts we've mentioned today are included in the episode show notes now if you love this conversation as much as i did please share your thoughts by leaving a review and if you'd like to receive weekly installments of Cast Away delivered straight to your phone hit the subscribe button until next time that's it from me take care